0: Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation, It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine Weinbrenner-Eyrick, and this is The Soul of Travel. Elke Nicholas is a tree-hugging eco-warrior with a tenacious entrepreneurial spirit. A visual communicator and brand builder who has worked in various sectors, ranging from fashion to packaging, education, travel, and technology. She has created numerous award-winning feel-good productions and brands, but is now channeling her extensive experience and knowledge into supporting the fight against climate change through the creation of Trees for Travel. In a new era of mindful travel. In our conversation, we chat about the aha she had going from being a blissfully ignorant business traveler to realizing the impact of her personal carbon footprint, and how she knew she wanted to learn more, educate others, and create a platform for easy action for travelers. She talks about creating Trees for Travel, how it started, and what she hopes to see it become in the future. I hope you'll visit their website after this conversation to take steps towards offsetting your own carbon footprint. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Elkie Nicholas. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am excited today to be sitting down with Elke Nicholas, who is one of the co-founders of Trees for Travel. And um, one of those, another serendipitous uh, connection via the virtual world where I just started seeing the work she was doing popping up on LinkedIn and was really interested and reached out to have a conversation. And we immediately had so much Uh, shared interests and um, visions for the industry so we knew we had to share on the podcast so I'm so excited that you're
1: here Uh, welcome welcome to the conversation. Thank you very much Christine I'm really excited um, to chat with you today and thank you for this amazing opportunity.
0: Thank you thank you for joining me.
1: Well, as we start, I would first
0: love to just give you the opportunity to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are in the space of travel right now.
1: Okay, yes, so uh, as you said, Christy, my name is uh, Elke Nicholas, and I am the co founder of Trees for Travel. I am a tree hugger, <laughs> I've always loved trees. I'm also a yogini, very, very much um, into my yoga. And I'm also a serial entrepreneur with my husband Nico. We've been in the travel um, environment, travel tech environment for about eight years, I would say. And then um, just at the beginning of the pandemic is kind of when we decided to um, kind of look at travel in a completely different way. So that's kind of our that's kind of my introduction if you like.
0: Thank you. Um, I love that you say that you're a tree hugger. I I saw the picture of you on Instagram. I don't know. It wasn't a couple of days ago where you were out in this beautiful forest, literally um, hugging trees. And I was like, oh, that looks like it feels so good.
1: (laughs) It really does. (laughs) It really does.
0: Yeah, there's something to that exchange of energy. And I, I have always had this. I don't know, like this connection or this story. And I should have looked it up before we chatted, but I wrote this poem one time about like the wisdom that's in the trees and how it's whispered to us on the wind when we pay attention. And um, just like that kind of grand stateliness, especially, you know, that trees have been witnessing humans for hundreds of years where they stand. And I don't know, like if you really, start to dive into the magic and what they stand for. I think it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, I have always really treasured just walking in forests. I find them such healing places. And I actually, you know, still today, every lunchtime, I am blessed to have a forest near me. I go for a walk. It's my place to just to kind of um, stop and to um, re-energize. And um, and it's just, it's like a, medita- a walking meditation um, when you go through a forest. And I mean, it's been kind of proven now as well that forest bathing is actually something that's recognized. I think it comes from Japan originally where they use that term, um, forest bathing. and um, And it just has so many healing powers. So, you know, and I've been doing that since I was a child, actually. So, you know, I'm originally... Um My family um, came from Austria. so I was born in the Austrian Alps. So I always had forests around me. I mean, I left at a very young age, but I think it's just in my DNA. So mm-hmm. <laughs> So I think you know that's really where my love of trees has come from. so.
0: Yeah, it's something when you are surrounded by that when you grow up, you don't realize. Like what a special thing it is, and if you then go to a city or a desert or places that just don't have that lush greenness around you, I grew up in the mountains of Montana, in Northwestern U.S., and so very similar. Like, just there's something so comforting and like cozy and like safe and secure about being amongst the protection of of trees, and it, it like you said, it is very healing. Well, to to learn a little bit more about you. How did you start to get involved in travel or really like, when did you know that travel was something important in your life that you wanted to kind of fold into your business or how did it start to show up in your life? Did you travel early or was it something that happened later?
1: I was actually very, very lucky because I was my first ever flight. I was three years old. And I actually remember that flight as if it was yesterday, because I remember the sensation of walking up the aisle, okay, as the plane was actually taking off, pretty much as it was still, you know, going up into the sky. I know I should have had my seatbelt on, but I suppose they weren't that strict with rules then. But I actually remember the feeling of kind of climbing up the aisle and feeling so happy. And I was singing. I just remember... Thinking I'm on an adventure, and that was I was three years old. I mean, you know, I don't know. And and as I said, I kind of feel as if it was yesterday. And the reason I was on a flight at that age is because my father and my mother um, basically were asked to go to London to work for a company that they were working for. So they would be. My father became an export manager for a company, and so we headed off to London. And then I spent. Yeah, I spent then most of my childhood uh, living in a city, in a big city. But then every summer, I used to fly back, her, fly back to Austria, because all my cousins were there, all my family. And I used to fly my own quite often. So even as a, like a very, you know, very small, I used to have one of those little, um, those little passport bags that I kind of put over my head. And uh, my parents would send me off. And I used to love it, because I used to was grown up you know and then I was you know I was flying when a lot of my friends had never been anywhere near an airplane so I knew that I was lucky uh, you know very very fortunate and then obviously when I went back to Australia to stay there for like the you know whenever it was uh, school holidays so I'd be there for a good month and so I really kind of experienced still that kind of being in the mountains and the forests being close to nature and I just for me that was always my safe place place that I just felt free and just loved it and then kind of later on uh in life uh well also as a kid actually with my parents we used to always then travel we used to drive in the car down to the south of France so that was my other love of because I you know I lived kind of in London and in France. We kind of do a bit of both. And our our children were brought up in France. So I'm a real Francophile. I have always loved the country, the food, the wine, the the scenery, the mountains, the sea. You know, there's so many beautiful places here. So we used to drive down every summer to South France. And then also later on, when I then decided to, um, when I got my first job, my very first day of work was I was going on a flight from London to Hong Kong. And I took that job because it involved travel, because I was just I, I, I was so excited again to go and discover somewhere new. And, but I was actually in the fashion business. OK, so that's kind of where my origins are. I studied fashion. Um, And so I yeah, that was my very first day of work. I was on a flight, um, flying to Hong Kong. And that was my first kind of really long haul flight, which was amazing. And in fact, after that, I used to fly to Hong Kong almost every other month. So, you know, when you're talking about carbon footprint, my carbon footprint is enormous. When I just think how long I was in the fashion business for a good about 13 years. And um, I spent a lot of that time traveling because a lot of the fashion was made in the Far East. But of course, at that time, I just, you know, I didn't, I wasn't any the wiser, you know. And unfortunately, I think that is, that was the problem then. I think we were kind of very ignorant about what was going on. You know, there were a few, I don't know, there were a few, I think probably the first time I really, really um, thought about climate change was um, when Al Gore. Did a he did that video called an uh, inconvenient truth, and I remember watching that and thinking, Oh, you know, I so for me, that was the first time I probably thought about it. And that's I don't know what is that now, 10, maybe even 10, 13 years ago or something, even maybe a bit longer. But again, it was just I think it just wasn't out there and it wasn't part of my, you know, I didn't think about it. And like I said, like most people, uh, that's how it was. So Anyway, so I continued to fly and work in the fashion business, and then I think it was once um, once I had the boys. So Nico and I, we have two boys um, who've now left home. But obviously, when you have children, you spend a lot of time trying to teach them how to be good human beings, to do the right thing, to you know, and you every day and. I suppose that's really when I started to, or we as a family, you know, really start to think about the future for our kids, you know, the way we live, what we do. And then I I suppose over these, since the boys have been growing up, um, you know, sustainability has been coming up more and more and coming out into the open. And actually, I really, you know, I think Greta um, has done an absolute, absolutely phenomenal job. You know, she, bless her, you know, a young girl who's just gone out there speaking her mind and um, and just bringing it out into the open. I think, you know, and the fact that she is a child, that's what's great. (laughs) So, you know, um, that's definitely where my ears started to prick up a bit more, you know, and um, yeah. No, so that, you know, and then, of course, there's, you know, my other favorite person. Um, in the whole kind of um, sustainability arena is Leonardo DiCaprio. You know, he, he has done some amazing work. And David Attenborough. I just love all of his films. I mean, he's done some amazing movies. The, in Actually, during the pandemic. I don't know if you've seen any of them, Christine, but yeah. like Breaking Boundaries... Just blew me away. I mean it just explains it in very simple terms that you know the science is there now. There is so much research has been done on um, climate change and the writings on the wall we have to now all of us do our bit and we can all do our bit you know. It's very very easy to start at home and I and I love that. I feel very positive about the future. I don't think it's easy. There is a lot to do. There's a lot of change, but I think the more we talk about it, the more people who know what they can do. I think people, I think, I think, you know, 99% of people want to do good and want to do the right thing. But it's just that we don't always know where to start. And that is, you know, that's the thing. And that's kind of where I hope trees for travel. Well, you know, we've really focused on an industry where we feel we can make a difference, and we also wanted to make it really simple. and And I hope that's what we have delivered. Sorry, I talk a lot, don't I? Once you get me going, I can't stop.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's one of the great things about these conversations is that I I do get to talk to people who are so passionate about what they do, and I think that that's. I mean, I think that's amazing. I think that's, that is how we are able to create the most impact is when people are really passionate about the work they're doing. And like you mentioned with Greta and like the, the voice that, that comes through her and the way she's able to share and the way people listen to her, because it, it's just such a part of who she is, how, however, that came to be in her, like you can tell and um, what I love about her and, and her being so young as she begins to share this message is that like my oldest daughter is 12 now, but I think she was probably nine or 10. And um, when Greta was in the U S and she spoke in Denver and my oldest daughter heard on the radio, we were driving her to school. And she's like, she's here right now. Can we go? I said, absolutely. Oh, I'll drop your sisters off at school and we'll head into to Denver to hear her. And, she's like, I can't believe she's a, a child and look how many people are here to listen to her. And this, this outdoor, you know, stadium that we were in, um, or garden was, was just packed. And she, she couldn't believe that adults would listen to, to kids, which was a huge thing. I think just for her to witness, witness, like the value of what she may have to share, um, because she was able to see this other person share what they believed in and, and, and then she just, she just was so caught up in the, the community aspect of it and everybody being there together. And then the, the, the hope and, you know, also disheartened by like this problem, but also just something about that youthfulness that allows you like breathe into life, the possibility, like, I guess you haven't been shut down enough times yet to, to know, or to feel like it's not possible But it was it was really powerful. I'm really grateful that we were able to have that experience because I think it really shifted how she sees the world and how she understands what people can do and that people are actually trying to do something together. I think a lot of times it does feel really daunting because we feel like it's just us against this huge problem that seems insurmountable. But when you see a community together like that and are a part of a movement, then it, it, it helps it to feel like there might be something possible.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, really. It's really, I think it's just such an exciting time. You know, I don't think uh, we've ever had such a, a powerful movement that's happening. You know, there are so, I mean, so many people now get it and want to be involved and I think that's brilliant. So you know, we got to keep going.
0: <laughs> you mentioned that you are um, a, a serial entrepreneur, and so at the beginning of um, 2020, uh, before the pandemic or as it kind of, I guess, landed, arrived, became known to us, <laughs> you had actually were starting another business. So can you talk to us a little bit about? how that came about and then your transition into Trees for Travel and what created that shift for you.
1: So I'm going to go back uh, to kind of the beginning of 2019, actually, because I, first of all, I went on a very lifelong dream trip. Um, I went to India for the first time and somebody who's really into yoga That's a very important place to go to. (laughs) So, and when I went to India, I was actually, I was actually so sad to see how much rubbish there was everywhere. And that was, if you like, that was for me, a kind of a first real kind of wake up call with regards to sustainability. And, you know, and I, I don't know, it just, it's just really shocked me. And, I just thought, you know, I was thinking, how can how can we change this? You know, that's where you start questioning, or when you see, you know, what's really going on. And during that year, so I, so I, yeah, went to India, and then, you know, so for, so for me, and already, as I said, Greta had already, you know, I was already following what she was doing. I just, I came back, and Nick and I were discussing about this idea that we had about this business that would um, allow travelers to choose a vacation based on weather. So, you know, you know that you've got a vacation um, from this date to this date, and you wanted to kind of make sure that when you went away that you would have good weather. You know, because we've all been on a holiday and then arrived. It's our two weeks once a year, and arrived, and the weather's been really crap, and it's so disappointing. Or you know, if you were expecting to lie on the beach or whatever, and so this new website was going to be called Sunsearcher. And of course, because it was weather related, we were doing a lot of research on weather and weather data and all this kind of stuff. And of course, it was very, it was very apparent. This is all, this this all related to climate change. So it was like, there's no way we can, there's no way we wanted to launch this type of travel um, service without including sustainability you know, in a big way. And, and because I you know, was really delving into this um, subject, um, I suddenly noticed as well that, that there was so much talk about trees in other products you know, you I buy. You wanted to buy sweatshirt at somebody somewhere, and they would say, "Oh, you buy a sweatshirt, or plant you tree." And I just kind of thought, "Hmm, okay, what's all this tree? You know, what is it, all this tree business?" Um, and so I then spent pretty much pretty much six months to a year just diving into papers and you know and science behind it, and. It was very clear that trees are actually our best carbon technology. There isn't anything out there yet that is as powerful as trees. And so I said to uh, Nico, I said, "Right, do you know what we need to? Um, we need to basically plant trees with um, every booking that somebody makes on our on our on our website." So anyway, as the discussion was going literally a week later as we were kind of thinking how we were going to integrate the trees into the booking system and so forth the pandemic arrived and we went into lockdown and so we thought okay well this isn't a good time to launch a travel product <laughs> seeing as all the planes are grounded um and so we decided that maybe um this was a good time to kind of reach out to um, all of our contacts in the travel industry and to just kind of talk to them introduce this idea that we had and see what they think um and see what they thought and actually everybody that we spoke to said they absolutely love this idea of you know connecting trees to travel um and so as the pandemic continued you know like all of us, I think, all over the world, we thought, oh, this is probably only going to be a few a few weeks, you know, or maybe a few couple of months and then it'll be over. Um, it became very clear that this was going to, you know, continue. So we thought, do you know what? We're going to spend this time to actually develop a product that is um, that allows trees to be integrated to other people's travel um, websites, businesses or whatever. So we can, you know, not just keep it for us, but do it for everybody, do it for the whole industry. And, um, and that was Nico who said, you know, we've got to do this for everybody. We've got, to, you know, this is our chance now. Um, there's kind of this pause in, in travel. Um, this is the moment we need to do this. So we spent then the next six months to a year developing this, doing all the kind of the tech behind it. And um, and then we started to reach out to lots and lots and lots of travel companies um, all over the world, presenting our our research, um, presenting the facts, the figures, and um, and everybody seemed to love it, you know. And it's since then I just can't look back. I just I I just love this project. There is so much good um that we can do um and I think the thing that was most important actually to me um having done all the research is that's keeping it simple I think that was the key element in all of this um and that is really what kind of attracted me to it initially you know like I said to you the the first time I really heard about a tree being associated product is there was a company that had a sweatshirt and they said with every sweatshirt we'll plant a tree. And I thought we need to do that kind of thing in travel. And that's when we then came up with this concept of um, translating trips into trees and really simplifying that whole process. Because of course, you know, I mean, you know, there have been kind of, if you like, carbon offsetting, Um, options that have been presented on some airlines previous to the pandemic already. Um, But the problem is we just can't relate to CO2 in kilos or pounds or, you know, it just, we just, because it's not tangible. Um, It just doesn't mean anything to, well, it doesn't mean anything to me and it doesn't, I think it doesn't mean anything to most people. And that's, I think that's one of the reasons why so many of our partners and you know the people who we're still presenting to now um they love what we're doing because we have just taken the complex complexity out of it um but saying that at the same time this is still a very complex subject. you know um i mean when we translate those trips to trees there's a lot that goes on in the in the background okay so I mean, we use, to do the calculations, we use DEFRA and GHG protocols, which are the kind of international recognized standards for calculating CO2. And um, and then we also use um, the basis. We, we kind of got an average of um, an oak tree, okay? So we use that calculation of the first 10 years of an oak tree where we say, a tree absorbs 164 kilos. So that's kind of how we do our calculations, okay? Then the other thing is, well, every single tree that we plant, okay, which is actually a sapling to begin with, is actually backed up by United Nations Certified Emissions Reduction Certificate. So it is actually, that carbon that we say we offset is actually offset as quickly as possible from those carbon credits, okay? Because actually you can't really, you can't really, you can't offset travel just by planting a little sapling because that tree needs to grow. It's only once a tree is about 10, 20 years old that they actually can start measuring the carbon properly from a tree. But of course, you know, Um, So initially the tree's kind of a symbol when we say trips to trees, but we are offsetting through the United Nations carbon credits that we back up with every single tree. So in fact, we're doing a double whammy, you know, um, which is also something that is really, really important, um, you know, because we do need to keep planting trees. And um, like I said earlier, you know, the science is there. Um, It's been proven and that's why tree planting, tree growing um, has kind of boomed, you know, and um, and we need to keep planting. And especially with, you know, with climate change, um, we're already feeling it, you know, all over the world Uh, in the US, you know, in Europe, um, you know, Australia all over the world there have been some awful awful forest fires and um we are all feeling it and we need to keep planting and we also also still need to reduce emissions as much as we can and that's where mindful travel um you know comes into play and you know that's something that we do also really talk about a lot you know about being responsible with travel we love travel and that's why You know um that's why we're doing this because um you know i think also the other realization is that people are not going to stop traveling um we've always traveled (laughs) you know um since day one man has always traveled and we will continue to travel and while the technology is improving um you know we have got to take those first steps we've got to keep we've got to do everybody has to do a little bit and that's why you know we we are trees for travel because we know this is what everybody can do as they travel
0: hey it's christine interrupting this episode for just a minute to invite you to join me for my lotus sojourns women's wilderness and yoga retreat in alaska in march of 2023 We'll be traveling 63 miles north of the Arctic Circle to stay at Arctic Hive, owned by my friend Molly Busby and her husband Sean. This boutique property nestled in the Brooks Range is way off the beaten path and also off-grid. We'll stay in beautiful and cozy cabins built by hand by our hosts, practice yoga in their yoga dome, lovingly referred to as the Hive, with gorgeous views of surrounding nature. We'll explore the wilderness by snowshoe and dog sled, connect with members of the local community to learn about living in this remote environment, enjoy daily yoga practice and vegan meals, all while keeping our eye out for the beautiful Northern lights that like to show off their magic this time of year. I only have six spaces for this unique adventure and a few are already taken. I'd suggest pausing this episode and hopping over to the Lotus Sojourns website to book yours today. Please share this experience with anyone you know who would love this restorative adventure. Want to learn more? You can listen to my soul of travel conversation with Molly Busby. Check out episode 67. Now let's hop back to our soulful conversation. I was just reminded as you were talking about the, the sweatshirt purchase that when I bought, um, I bought a car and like I don't know, no, my daughter was just born in 2012 or something. And they said that they planted 10 trees for every, you know, vehicle that was purchased through this, this company. And, um, and I just remember thinking, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like that's cool that they're thinking about that. And, um, but again, I lived in the Pacific Northwest. And so I was like, in my mind, there's just endless trees, right? This is just what I'm was surrounded by, but it did make me question like, well, why are they doing that? Why is that important? Why is that a big enough of an initiative that they are putting that into their business model? Um, and so that was probably kind of my first look around um, and, and trying to understand. Um, and I did work, I started working in sustainable travel um, right around uh, 2000 and was working for companies that were really trying to take their corporate social responsibility initiatives and turn them into sustainability platforms for their company but at that time it still felt like there was just so few people that were doing it that it felt like um it was just a almost like a, a fad or a trend or something like it, it was it didn't seem practical that if only this small amount of companies were doing it that we could create a large amount of change and obviously in it's crazy to think that it's been 20 years of being in that space of conversation. There's been so much growth. Um, But to think about what we need to do still um, it's, it's a lot that we have ahead of us, but I do, I do love that you are talking about how as travelers um, or as consumers, we do get caught up if we're trying to figure out, like calculate our own carbon offsetting and our, our own carbon usage. And so it's very helpful to have this model that is simple. And you just say, okay, this equates this, I I can know that I'm doing something. And it also feels tangible, because a tree feels tangible, like, it it feels like you know, that you're doing something. And I really appreciate you explaining the fact that while you're planting trees today, that's for future offsetting and that we do really need to look at what we're protecting and conserving today that offsets our current usage. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think that is also something that people get lost in when they're trying to understand. And, um, even in the past, there's been a lot of conversation about, um, people saying that they're, they're, doing this offsetting, but it's not actually something that's been regulated. and so it turns out that like the offsetting may or maybe yeah. did not occur. But what when you started doing this deep dive, what did you learn about so, that?
1: Process? Um, one of the main um, one of the main things that I learned about a kind of tree planting, if you like, um, right at the beginning is that we have to plant the right tree in the right place in the right way. Okay. Um, and it's really also about the communities where we plant these trees. It is so important that um, we look after the people who are the stewards of those forests. Um, and this is actually also um, why we just love this whole kind of tree growing um, aspect is that through the projects that we select, um, we actually are able to support um, up to about 13 of the 17 United Nations sustainable, su- sustainable development goals. Um, because actually we've, we've decided um, that it's actually much it's very important to be able to help these countries who really are affected, who are, who are mostly affected by climate change. And those are usually countries in, developing, um, in the developing countries. You know, they are the ones on the front line of climate change. And I really, we, we feel so strongly about actually helping those people. And that's why um, we're very, very diligent about the projects and the charities that we work with. And I, I, yeah, and I'm just, uh, I, I feel so, so proud of that, you know, that work that we're doing and um, and the investment we can make into those places. Um, and that's so important. So, um, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's, t- did I ask you a question, Christina, cutting thing? Did I kind of go off on one then?
0: <laughs> that's okay. No, but I do, I love that you brought that up as well because I think, Um, really looking at the impact that we have as travelers on community. This is another way that we can ensure that we can create a positive impact. And it's really even distance from the traveler itself that we may not be traveling to that place, but our travel can create a positive impact um, even without going and connecting with a community. And I think that's just showing us another way that we can build positive change and impact into the tourism industry and so I think it's amazing to think about it's easier to look at our direct action so like if we're traveling to India then we want to if we're thinking about positive impact then we're thinking about the impact we can have in India but we're not thinking about the indirect impact we could have by supporting trees that are being planted in Africa while yeah. we're traveling to India. So it's like we can really layer yeah. what we're doing. Um so I think that's valuable to think about because for me I feel like our travel intersects our global community in so many ways that we don't think about. But when we do start to unpack that is where we can see where all the yeah. opportunity lies within the industry to create changes and then, for the better. And the other thing
1: as well, Christina I um, I wanted to say is that you know once once you've kind of um, signed up with trees for travel, you and you start logging your trips, which is very easy on the calculator. you basically just you know say where your start airport is and where you're going to and so forth and then you then have access to a very simple dashboard, that kind of shows you um, the progress of your um, of your trees. So you have a direct link to the site. So there is a, you can zoom in, see right up, you know, right into where the field is, where those trees are being planted. Um, there are then links where you can um, find out about the project, how it started, and it, and we then give kind of quarterly updates with um, images um, where you can actually really see and feel the impact um, that you are making, and it, just following the story of what's happening. And that's actually another thing that I find, you know, with. With some other you know companies or when you go to a a kind of a calm offset company there are so many projects and I think you kind of get lost in you know how many different projects there are and so we decided that we wanted to focus on maybe just one or two projects at a time so that we could really kind of follow what was going on and really tell that story properly and um so that's also something you know that is really important to us is um it's just being really careful about the the project we select and then really telling that story so that our you know our travelers um can really feel that connection with that project and um and i think that's what's so important um yeah
0: yeah i think that is amazing as well because you mentioned early in the conversation your trip to India and like when you travel, that's when you 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 see things firsthand and begin to question and, and you you are developing a connection and it's that that sense of global citizenship and and seeing seeing things firsthand that that spark that that need to create change. But I think similarly to that, like you're saying, this deeper vested connection to the projects allows you to feel this sense of being able to do something because it's not arbitrary. You actually can see what you're doing. Um, And then it, it gives you some sense of being able to see what you're doing makes you feel as if you are actually doing something versus having something kind of being living out in the ether that like, well, I know I paid for this carbon calculation and I know that they said they're doing this thing. And so I assume, but if you can look at your tree, you have some ownership to it. If you look at this project and you learn about the people, not only do you have like the satisfaction of having done that, but you're also learning about another culture and another area and the impact and the challenges they may be facing and how this is supporting them. And so I just think that again, it's, it's just kind of bridging those gaps and creating more understanding and awareness and deepening ties to one another, which is, I think really at the, the core of all of these issues is that we need to have that deeper sense of connection to one another across cultures Absolutely. and across the globe so that we feel like we are and, and I guess again even coming back to that sense of camaraderie of a movement like we need to know that we are a part of something together because it feels like it gives us more power to actually to try to, yeah. to manage yeah, this no, absolutely
1: I mean my you know my my biggest wish is that you know everybody who gets who travels you know at least plants one tree um and already that would make an amazing you know difference um there is actually a really cool video it's actually on our website um which the bbc did that was uh, um it's very sweet but it kind of explains it and it just said what if everybody just planted one tree and that's you know what would be the effects? So um, I do kind of recommend, um, everybody watches that. It's just fun and it explains, you know, how just that simple action can have an effect um, already. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think uh, I think exciting times ahead and um, we, you know, we just can't wait to um, also to, Visit some of these forests that we're already creating with some of our partners. So you know, and telling that story, and it's all about the education. Actually, that's really, really, um, it's so important. And um, mm-hmm. you know, we we just love telling the story. Um, you know, and doing webinars, and when we go to these conferences. Um, telling the story, sharing our knowledge, um, and you know we're still learning. We're not, you know, Nico and I. We're not, uh, we're not scientists, or you know, we're just we're travellers. Um, and um, mm-hmm. but we love nature. Um, we have kids. We we want to we want to make a difference, and we want to make sure that um, you know that the future is good for our children our grandchildren for our planet you know we've got to put this right and um and we recognize that you know we you know we kind of went through life um our younger years just being ignorant and um and we want to put that right now so and i think we can so you know we're very positive people Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, we're going to keep banging our drum. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. and, um, and the lovely yeah. thing is, so many, so many people um, already all over the world are taking, um, you know, are taking action and having discussions like we're having. Christine, you know, you're also doing an amazing job um, bringing this um, out into the open discussions. Um, it's
0: so important. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to acknowledge that you are saying, you know, that you aren't experts. And I think that's so important to, to share, you know, that you have amassed knowledge as, as this kind of was sparked passion for you. And you started learning about it and collecting and then sharing what you know. And I think it's really important for people to, to hear that because I think a lot of times we feel like we can't jump into a place like this without first, you know, getting some sort of uh, formal education around it and then talking about it. And I think that um, that is really shifting during this time as well. And I know many people who, ha- you know, have turned to Google search and books and doing their own research to understand how they can make a difference in their company and self-educating and then Sharing, And I think that's really, really powerful to to talk about because I think people need to know that they can create change without being an expert. (laughs) Like we need to take small steps with what we understand and then we can get curious and learn more and take bigger steps, but um, starting there. But I did, before we end our conversation, I really want to talk about how travelers can participate in this program um, what that really looks like for them so that they can know, like, um, if they just visit your website to participate. And I know, know that you also mentioned you work with operators to help them offset what they're doing. So can you walk us a little bit through like the real practical part of how yeah. this so, works? Yeah. So, um,
1: so the the first thing is very simple you can just go to our website anybody can go to our website so just a traveler um, or a travel company or a travel advisor go to our website so uh www.trees4 the number 4 travel.com and you can just sign up and um you just say um you know if and then, then once you've done that, you've signed up, you can then, um, as a tr- just a traveler, you can already um, put your, say, your last trip that you did. You can put it in the calculator and then you can sign up and you can already buy a tree just like that. And then, um, and then the traveler will have access to their dashboard. Um, and then if you are a travel company, again, you can sign up with us and then we will contact you. And then we will look at the different ways um, that you might want to work with us. So we actually have an API. So we can basically bring trees into a booking system. So, you know, where we have the calculator, calculations can be done and it can all be integrated into a booking system. We can give um, any partners of ours a simple URL link, which they could put into an email, for example. You know, they could introduce, planting trees or translating trips to trees to their um, to their customers Um, so we are you know we're very flexible we kind of listen to um, our partners um, or you know potential partners we listen to what they need and then we work out the way this best way for them to basically incorporate the trees into their travel offers Um, but You know, um, so it's a very, very simple process. And also, um, I mean, we were during the pandemic. We primarily um, hooked up with a lot of travel management companies. Um, And so we have also got a corporate dashboard. So that's also um, been a big, big thing for us. So although our website comes over very much as a consumer website, we, um, we work with a lot of corporates and um, travel management companies as well so we're really set up for that we have some amazing tools which really help um, travel management companies as well um, you know like we have a we have this really cool tool that is what if it kind of um, shows you if you change your mode of transport how much less co2 you will emit so you know there's some really really cool tech um that we provide in the background so again as i said you know from the surface our website looks um it looks very much just consumer based but actually we're primarily a b2b so you know we want to help as many travel companies um, from OTAs to TMCs um, to be able to offer tree growing um, to their clients, to their customers. So um, there you go. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Thank you. Um, I really love that. And I I think it's just, um, you know, it's such a a shift that we're seeing and, uh, and, we were talking before we got on about events that we may or may not be attending, um, within the industry and talking, you know, really intentionally about, well, actually I don't want to fly to that area, but this event looks really good and maybe I can take a yeah. train to it. And I have noticed, um, just in the last six months, having that conversation with other, um, professionals and other travelers saying, you know, i I wanted to go here and now I'm going to go for two weeks. And instead of going from, France to Spain, I'm just going to stay in France. Or, um, you know, when I was planning one of my trips for my company, I made sure it ended right when I knew there was a a big industry event that I wanted to to go to as well, that I knew I could travel and just cut my emissions. Like I really wanted to be intentional about, you know, linking things together. And I think it'll just be interesting to see like that what if that you were saying, like, okay, maybe, if I did this and this and this, then that really helps this way. And it, it might even open travelers eyes to possibilities they didn't Absolutely. know existed. And I think um, there's just so many ways that we can start to look at this and, and not be a burden or, or something that's limiting, but actually as something that's creating different and unique opportunities that maybe we just wouldn't have thought of in the past. And I think that's another amazing thing when we, when we look at, um, there is a,
1: we also have like a dedicated dashboard um, that we've just created that is for um, travel advisors. So they too have the tools to actually do calculations immediately. So they can too immediately see, um, and they can advise their travelers, you know, maybe doing a more a trip that is kind of better for planet and people. Um, And and then also this kind of dedicated dashboard that we have, um, they can also easily gift trees if they want to, Um, or, you know, so there are, or or they can even sell trees or maybe even just share the information. So we've really thought about, um, you know, the travel industry and the different ways that travel is sold and how we can help um, those t- trees to be integrated into those products. So um, yeah, no, I think, you know, I, as I said, I'm very excited um, for the future. And I think, uh, you know, we need to we need to make this work. We need to make this work for our planet. Yeah,
0: yeah, we don't, we don't really have any other choice. And I I think that it's what's also spurring so much creativity. So I I appreciate and I love hearing your story and hearing the evolution of, you know, of that process and how it came about for you. And I think that's so valuable too for other people to hear. Like, we often think if we start out on one track, we need to stay there. And it's amazing when, like, it actually opens the door to the next thing that is maybe actually meant to be your business or your, your purpose, um, is kind of hidden in there. And then it just lands in our lap sometime. And I think that's really magical to see that happen. Um, well, before we end Elkie, I have, um, my rapid fire questions, so we'll do those, (laughs) but those are just to Give people a little bit more of a sense of who you are as a traveler and also maybe create another little spark of inspiration um, for the listeners. Um, the first one is What is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure?
1: Um, <laughs> okay, going back to Austria, my favorite movie ever is The Sound of Music, of course. <laughs> So, I, yeah. I, I just yeah, that is my favorite movie. My most, um, I think my most inspiring movie, one well, movie documentary. At uh, the m- most recent one, is Don't Look Up, um, by Leonardo mm. DiCaprio. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, it's uh, it is. I have. It is. Yes. Uh, it's it's a very very good movie. And of course, it is all about climate change. So I yeah. do recommend um, people watch that. And uh, sorry, I've got too many now, too many. And then David Attenborough, Breaking Boundaries, was just fantastic. Was a, a real eye opener, and it's so visual. You know, I'm a very, I've, I'm a visual communicator, and um, for me, it just. Mm-hmm. You know it just explains everything in in very simple terms and uh fantastic so yeah so sorry i kind of went on there didn't
0: i that's okay that i i didn't set the stage with these are actually my rapid fire ish questions i keep trying to rename okay. them but it's close <laughs> enough <laughs> uh, what uh what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel
1: a uh, water bottle
0: um, what has been your uh, most memorable or impactful travel destination? Uh, India. Yeah, I want to go as well. I have a, a real strong tie to yoga as well. So when you mentioned that, that's one one of those places that I've really longed to go for for quite some time. <laughs> LKA loved learning more about Trees for Travel. And um, I can't wait for our listeners to visit your website and explore how they can create an Im- impact um, really easily through their travel experiences. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.